Hi, Barn Stories listeners. Lori Prince, Content Director of Equus Magazine here. Along with me, Content Manager Christine Barakat, with something a little different to share with you. If you weren't already aware, an event called Horse Week is going on right now at the website horseweek.tv. It's a week-long equine-themed digital film festival of sorts, brought to you by Boringer Engelheim and presented by the Equine Network. Every day we are premiering original documentaries celebrating horses and the bond we have with them. One of the films focuses on the great work being done at the Temple Grandin Equine Center at Colorado State University. There, horses are being used in physical, occupational, and speech-language therapy that is transforming lives. At the same time, researchers at the center are conducting scientific studies and collecting data, which will help make equine-assisted therapies more widely accepted. It's a fascinating film, and I encourage everyone to go watch it at horseweek.tv. Right after the film was made, Alex Cox, the Horseweek program manager, interviewed Adam Dario, Director of Administration and Outreach at the Temple Grandin Equine Center, and we'd like to share that interview with you. It's a great supplement to the documentary and a real deep dive into the topic of hippotherapy. We hope you enjoy it. everyone and thank you for joining us today as we learn more about Horse Week brought to you by Ballringer Ingelheim. I'm your host Alex Cox and I'm joined today by Adam Dario, the Director of Administration and Outreach of the Colorado State University Temple Grandin Equine Center. Adam, thank you for joining us and let's get started. And start, what is your involvement with horses? Well, in general my involvement in horses has I mean, span since I was born, I uh, was very lucky to be raised rural with horses around um, some, you know, just for general work at the farm and ranch. And then as I grew up, um, you know, started doing more with uh, rodeo and, uh, you know, junior events and then started showing Western all around horses. My family has uh, raised horses, trained horses, shown horses. And then um, I continue today as an administrator in the equine industry, meaning that I run some facilities uh, that are equine assisted service facilities. Okay, so coming from your really strong sense of equine background, how did that transition into being involved with the therapeutic riding programs? I, I was just really lucky to stumble into the equine assisted service industry. Um, years ago, there was a family that was trying to start a therapeutic writing facility and they didn't have much equine experience and so I was helping them as an attorney do some nonprofit consulting work for them and then in the evenings I was just giving them some riding lessons and and just helping with their horses around the barn and it just taught me a lot more about this equine assisted service industry and um, I would say a couple years after that I actually took uh, took over a facility that was providing uh, equine assisted activities and therapies um, on a pretty large scale down in the Denver area. And since then, um, I've just been an administrator in the industry. That's incredible. And I'm sure through all of that, you've gotten to see all different types of horses and people from all walks of life. Can you touch on the types of emotion that you've 
um, seen people be able to connect with horses? Yeah, I've, I've been really fortunate to see so much, um, so many different types of experiences with this animal, human, horse, human uh, bond and all of the experiences that come with it. You know, not all of them are great. Sometimes um, that individual that's struggling with some trauma or grief when they are encountered with a horse and, and some equine facilitated psychotherapy, you know, I see a lot of uh, the sad and the angry emotions come out um, as part of the healing process. And then I get to see how that horse turns into a really great tool in some of those mental health counseling sessions. But then at the same time, I've seen the joy that so many youth that need this novel and um, very effective type of therapy. You know, it's the first time that they've laughed or the first time that they've spoken is horseback or, you know, their first steps happen to be right after their first mounted appointment. And so I see the emotion of the participants. I see the emotion of the volunteers whose lives are changed because they're helping. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible to, as a parent, to see some of the parents of these children that receive therapy services and, and to see the emotions that the families go through themselves. That, oh, I'm sure that's just so incredible. And I'm sure every day is different and it brings something different. Can you speak to how being involved with all that you do with therapeutic writing, you spoke to how it can change other people's lives. Has there ever been a moment where you've taken a step back and just thought, wow, I'm, I'm actually here and I'm actually witnessing what's going on before me? Yeah, I'll tell you what, early on in my experiences with this uh, equine assisted service industry, I had that big epiphany moment. Um, you know, for, for years I had seen children with autism or cerebral palsy or seniors with dementia um, in these areas and, and you're impacted by it, but it's really hard to, I would say that, you know, put yourself in their shoes because you don't understand maybe how that youth with autism feels or, or what their life is. But early on, I saw a session happening with a young man that had just graduated high school and he was, um, he was a, a very great athlete. He was a wrestler actually. And he had been at Craig hospital for a spinal cord injury and he'd been in the hospital for about eight to nine months. And one of his very first days out of the hospital, um, he was paralyzed, so he was still in a wheelchair. Um, but one of his very first experiences is he came out to my equine assisted service uh, facility to just, um, as he said, just get back to his real life. And so as I was talking to him, he told me he had a really freak, unfortunate accident as he was practicing two days before his state wrestling tournament. He's had his neck snapped in a, in a practice session. And, um, you know, here you're talking about a rodeo athlete, um, a wrestling athlete who is facing maybe never walking again. And he's telling you about his life. And he was really only about six, seven years younger than me. And I, that could be me. That that was me. I was an athlete. I, I had my you know horses as my lifestyle and, and sports. And and so he really just kind of when he was talking to me, he told me he needed something to find who he was again because he'd been in a hospital for nine months. And he said, um, even though he was in a wheelchair leading my horse, my horse at the time was Slick, he was leading Slick around and he was telling me that this is the first time he was himself again. And and yeah, he might not be able to walk, but he could still do things with horses and he was lunging Slick. And that was my epiphany moment of, wow, you know, um, these animals are just spectacular and this industry is is very effective, but so novel and so important to so many people. Oh, absolutely. And it, d it definitely puts things in perspective and it it makes your bad days or times that people get stressed. I mean, 
it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, it don't sweat the small stuff. And it, that's such a good point. It, it could be any of us in that position. And so it's definitely just a great reminder of not to take life for granted, not to take anything for granted because you just never know. It could, the tables could definitely be turned. Absolutely. And it, and it really shows you, you know, I know you have to put everything into perspective and, and it's all relative, but it really shows you what these families go through on a day-to-day basis and what those small wins really mean to them. So many of our patients that do either have um, paralysis issues or stroke victims, um, you know, recovering from something, you know, they spend so much of their life either bedridden or in a wheelchair. And then all of a sudden for that one hour, once a week, they're, they're mounted on a horse and, you know, they tell you how invincible they feel and, and how when the horse is walking, their legs are swaying next to the horse's sides. And, you know, and they, they tell you how, that they can actually envision walking and what it feels like. And, and then you just kind of, you have those aha moments again. Oh, absolutely. And speaking in part of just, you put so much trust and so much faith into these animals to be able to truly put people's whole lively, lives on top of them. Can you speak, what makes the horses that you guys use for all of your programs, what makes them so special and what makes them stand out from different horses? Yeah, I, I think just like humans, um, you know, we all have our special skills and our experiences help us and our education and, and, you know, what we work towards. And really that's pretty true with a horse that's involved in equine assisted services is not every horse can do it or wants to do it. And we have to really be kind and, and manage the welfare of the animals. And as we introduce this type of um, you know work to these horses, we have to see, does their temperament allow for this? Do they enjoy this? Um, can they handle the, the stress from this? And, um, and then, you know, are, are their size appropriate? And is their gait appropriate? And, um, you know, we, we work really hard with our horses to make sure that they are compatible into the type of program uh, that we hope that they can serve. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you take all of those things into account. Do you, is it fun to see the relationships grow between the riders and the horses? Do some have favorites? Do some get excited to ride a certain one over, over another? You know, we are so fortunate to see that horse-human bond with just about every appointment. And, um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, a, a horse it can be a tool in these sessions, right? So um, certain horses are chosen for certain reasons. And it's really, um, you know, it's a therapist's or, or the instructor's role to know which horse and when. And sometimes these youth are so committed to working with a specific horse, they have that bond with them that they don't want to work with another horse. And so, um, you know, we see it a lot. They come in and and they don't say anything about my therapy session or my therapist. They always talk about that horse. You know, for example, uh, you know, Joey walks in and every day he's just ready to see Harley and Harley's his buddy and he rides Harley and and Joey doesn't think of it as a therapy session. He just knows that he gets to spend time with his horse. And so that's really neat. Um, you know, and, and we see that a lot with the youth, but it's really impactful when you see the adults. And um, there was an older individual, a male that was recovering from a stroke. And he had uh, one specific horse that he liked to, to work with, a larger horse that he said he identified with. And it was just really impactful to hear him say, you know, I look forward to to this type of therapy and it's and it's purely self-motivating because this is a living breathing animal instead of me having to go to the hospital or the basement of a medical clinic and be hooked up to a machine to stretch me 
you know, they talked about how I get to get on top of this horse who's living and breathing and I touch his hair and, and I, and he smells me and I smell him. And, and he said, every week I crave the, uh, the bond that I have with this animal that's helping me get better. Oh my gosh. I'm sure there's just, oh, there's so much power behind that. And I'm sure you get to see it all come for full circle and just watching that confidence and those relationships grow. I'm, 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 I'm sure that just warms your heart every time you see it. Absolutely. You know, um, with my role at the Temple Ground and Equine Center, uh, coming out of Colorado State University, we are very focused on research and education and, and really advancing evidence uh, based, you know, data driven um, results and the science behind equine assisted services. But that doesn't mean that we ever lose sight of what the real passion is here. And it's that human animal bond um, and, and just the, the incredibly motivating and effective services that can be provided in this equine environment. Oh my gosh. That's great when you see programs like this actually put the purpose behind the people and put them first. I think that's really, really amazing. Can you speak to a little bit about the research that you guys are doing and kind of what your hopes are for the future? Yeah, so we have uh, we have three different tracks of research going on at CSU right now regarding equine assisted services. And one track is providing occupational therapy in the equine environment to youth with autism. We have a track of research that is providing equine assisted services to adults with Alzheimer's or other dementia. And then our final track of research is not necessarily something that we do in the arena, but it's a lot of library and knowledge re knowledge research. What we're trying to do is compile the largest database of um, scientific research studies that apply to equine assisted services. So that way we truly can have the body of knowledge in the, in the real library of this industry for the practitioners. Um, but uh, what we really hope to accomplish is we hope to advance this industry and the most promising areas. And that's why we've started with youth with autism. We believe that there's a very strong, um, strong way to manualize the accessibility and the feasibility of what we're doing. And, and we want to bring this to the masses and we want people to know that there are very um, meaningful and effective and novel ways to utilize equine assisted services to better their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the more that we progress and the more that we're able to research and as well as advancements of technology, I mean, the the future is limitless and who knows where we could be in five years time. Um, so with that, I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit. I know that these therapeutic programs are very near and dear to your heart because not only are you very involved with the Temple Grand uh, Therapeutic Writing Center, but you also come to therapeutic programs through Ways of Rodeo. Can you speak a little bit about that as well? Yeah, the through the Temple Ground and Equine Center, we also host some off-site um, adaptive rodeo experiences. So we call it the Exceptional Rodeo. And we partner with the PRCA and some large rodeos throughout the nation. And what we do is we try to bring an adaptive rodeo experience to youth with uh, special needs in the community. And um, and that can it, it's not actually with live animals most of the time. It's just kind of mock rodeo experiences. And um, and and so what we do is we just try to bring the youth with these special challenges down into the ground. Like we want them to be on the floor of the arena where they're, you know, where their cowboy heroes are are performing their events. And we want them to experience what it would be like to be a cowboy, a cowgirl or, you know, a, a 
a rodeo athlete for the day. And it can be, you know, doing uh, stick horse barrel racing with our athletes or learning to, to rope and, and throw the lariat. And uh, we have some teeter totters that we've made into, you know, a, a bucking bull or a bronc or bareback horse. And um, like I said, what it is is to just bring rodeo in an adaptive manner to children that may not be able to experience it and, um, and bring it to the masses too. We, we do these in some pretty large metro areas. So that way we're not only attaching um, rodeo to a population, a special needs population that may not see it, but we're also attaching it to this metro population that may not understand or know what rodeo really is. That's incredible. And I feel like that's so much more impactful than just going to an event when kids actually get to go have a day in the life of a cowboy or a cowgirl and just anytime. <clears throat> chance to go behind the scenes or to go down on the dirt. I mean, that's where the lasting memories and appreciation really come from. Absolutely. And, and we just, we try to make it as, you know, as meaningful and fun and, and really long lasting impactful is what we're going for. And when these youth come down onto the dirt and, you know, and smell the animals and feel the dirt and sit on the hay bale and, you know, that we put a, everybody gets a hat and they're, the athletes, the professional athletes that are in the arena helping them as they're, you know, maybe pushing their wheelchair around or whatever, they sign the hats and they yell yeehaw, they throw them in the air and everybody gets a shirt and they take a photo and everybody, everybody that participates does get a trophy. So they get their first rodeo trophy. And we want it to be something like you said, that just when they walk away, they really say, wow, I, I did that. I was part of a rodeo today. I love that. And they get part of the community aspect too, of I'm a member of the team and I'm just like them. And I'm sure they just leave with smiles on their faces and truly appreciate it. And I'm, I'm sure it touches them more than you even know. Yeah. It, you know, there's really, um, there's so many ways that we are thanked and, and how you know great we feel when we're done. But what is really neat is it's always the families, right? You know, many of our children that we serve or even the adults that we serve, some of our nonverbal, non-communicative. And so it's the families and the caregivers that just, you know, thank us. But when we're talking about exceptional rodeo, one thing that really stands out is at the end of the rodeo, the volunteers are usually the professional athletes or maybe even the rodeo queens that are, are at the rodeo. And when they're done volunteering and helping, Every one of them comes over and tells us, you know, this this was a big chunk of my day and I didn't know how it was going to work. And I am so thankful that I came here. And it's neat that they get as much or more than anybody else out of it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it it, it does. It puts everything in perspective. And I'm sure from them, speaking from experience myself, I remember helping out with the exceptional rodeos. And you do. It's It's so fun to watch someone become involved with horses or rodeo or livestock in general for the very first time. I think that's something horse people or those who are raised in the lifestyle may take advantage or uh, take for granted sometimes. And it's so, it gives you an, a better appreciation for it when you get to see it through the eyes of someone who has never had that experience before. <laughs> Absolutely. And it creates um, a new fan of rodeo. Right. And, in it, and it's a good fan. Oftentimes there is some, you know, some negative press or media that comes with rodeo. And this is the exact opposite. This is the positive. These are great athletes um, who care about themselves. They care about others. They care about the animals that um, are their partners. And, um, and we're bringing rodeo into the lives of other people in a very, very positive and fun manner. I love that. Well, and so for my last question today, and, and speaking of positivity, you are very involved in horses and agriculture from 
all different standpoints of life, and especially in your role with the CSU uh, Temple Grandin Equine Center, can you do your best and sum up what you believe the power of horses can have on people in just a few words? Wow. The power of horses. You know, the, the power is, is change. They're, they bring out change. And it's motivating and it's self-motivating. And, you know, I think there's a lot of really great experiences or animals or anything in this world that you can spend your time with. But when you spend your time with a horse and you enjoy it and you're motivated, um, you know, to to brush them one more time, then you care for yourself maybe a little more. Maybe you bathe that horse and then you also bathe yourself or maybe it's the physical activity with the horse and you're getting yourself physically more fit um it it just motivates change and um in such an easy positive way and you don't even know you're doing it um yeah i, I would just say that their power is just to change i love that i've never i've heard a lot of different people explain that answer and i've never gotten that outlook on it and i love that and i I agree with that. There's so much growth and change and just, it's so wonderful just to have all of that experience. And thank you so much for your time today. I'm really excited to be able to watch the WF Young Temple Grandin feature during Horse Week. And I hope that you'll be able to join us during Horse Week as well this October. And thank you very much for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You're welcome back anytime. And thank you so much again for your time and for all that you do for not only the equine industry, but for getting more people involved in our sport and the industry and bringing it to those who may not always have access to it. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a gift. That's for sure. It's fun. Well, thank you for joining me today, Adam, and we will see you in October. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to join the ride as we celebrate the horse on horseweek.tv on October 3rd through 9th. For more news from Horse Week, please visit horseweek.tv or the Equine Network Facebook and Instagram pages. Happy trails!